If you remember two Sundays ago, uh, we preached about the spiritual gifts, kind of on this topic of, um, thank you, we are... Uh, wanted to welcome those that are on the live stream and, and watching a few days later a recording. Uh, we are just glad you're uh, joining with us online today and wanted to point that out. I've, I've failed to welcome you in the past, um, but you're part of our church. I get a few people throughout the week that talk to me about watching it, and so we just are glad that uh, we can help with that ministry when you're unable to be live in person, that you can be able to go back and catch the sermon. So thank you for joining us today. So we've been on this um, series of using the gifts that God has given you uh, through what you are born with as your, your talents, what your interests are, your characteristics, uh, when, we have, when we become saved at salvation, uh, we have gifts that the Holy Spirit imparts uh, on us and gives us to uh, with the ultimate purpose of using those gifts to build the kingdom of God and share Jesus' love uh, with others. Some of the gifts are uh, obvious in people, some of them not so much, and how they're, uh, it's, a, it's a great theme and a great topic that could um, take a lot of uh, research to, to develop in your life, and um, so we just want to encourage you that to use what God has blessed you with to help others and to serve others is the ultimate uh, reason we're presenting this message is to serve one another and to show God's love and, and his commandment was to love one another. And we do that when we serve with these gifts. Last or two weeks ago, I gave a handout uh, about the spiritual gifts and how they're listed. We have some more, so if you would like uh, one of these handouts, uh, Vicki and uh, Ben can pass those out to you. Uh, it's not super in-depth, but um, it's something that you can look at, and there's verses with it that can help you to see where they're at uh, in the Bible and do some research there on your own. But... Um, I want to finish up with just the last six of those spiritual gifts. And next Sunday uh, is Pentecost Sunday. It's the day we celebrate uh, the Holy Spirit falling on the, uh, filling the people, not falling on, filling the people uh, in Acts chapter 2. And so we're going to kind of tie this all together. So hopefully you can see kind of the silver lining uh, through it all that uh, these spiritual gifts are, are for us and given to us through the Holy Spirit. And so um, we want to help you, to encourage you um, that God has placed uh, these traits, these personalities, these giftings in you, um, the spiritual gifts that are listed here um, come from the, from the Lord after salvation um, because people who aren't saved aren't going to, you know, serve the Lord and tell others about Jesus if they don't believe in him, right? That's kind of the premise I'm coming from. And so salvation, uh, you, can, you obtain gifts throughout your life. Is there times that God gives more gifts? Yeah. Um, you don't get the only gifts you're ever going to get at salvation. Um, you can get them throughout your walk with the Lord and 
And um, like I said, it's a very big topic. And if you have questions about it, I'd love to uh, talk with you more and, and we can dive deeper. But as we grow in our relationship with God, uh, at salvation, he begins to place these gifts in us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit uh, distributes them. Uh, we don't get every single gift. Um, how he distributes what to who um, probably has a little bit to do with who you are and how you were created. We know that uh, God made you uniquely and wonderfully uh, intricately, he took his time with each one of us, and so our, our gifts that he distributes probably will fit around uh, the personality and the characteristics that are already uh, in us as well. So uh, the remaining six gifts, uh, the gifts of revelation, I think is what it's, um, what they're taught, what the, the category they're under. I would say that these are imparted to a person after the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And my only reasoning for uh, differentiating that, that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to have these six gifts, is uh, because we don't see them used um, before the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So the, um, the disciples, there was 120 believers in the upper room that day. Um, there wasn't speaking in tongues before that moment. Um, you could maybe, I mean, I'm always up for debate. So if you, your opinion differs, it's not a salvation, eternity, um, you know, ending debate. Um, but I'm just saying, how do we obtain different gifts? These ones I feel like are obtained when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see the speaking in tongues, the interpretation of those tongues, uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, distinguishing of spirits. They were released upon this powerful event. Another thing I wanted to give a quick note about is <clears throat> we see the instructions for how these gifts are um, used, the list of these gifts. Uh, we see it, a lot of it, and kind of the in-depth portion of it in the book, uh, in the letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And uh, one thing as I was studying it that kind of stood out to me is how awesome it would have been to be in those church services. What we call church services, they probably don't call it that. They were meeting in houses and they were probably doing church a little different than we do today. But if you could imagine if Paul had to write a letter to a group of people and say, you know, you need to tighten up how you're, uh, how you're allowing the Holy Spirit gifts to be uh, used, it probably means that the Holy Spirit was being used a lot in their times together. And probably, not probably, definitely not only in the city of Corinth, but in all the other cities around where the people had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're using these gifts in a powerful way. Uh, thousands of people are becoming believers uh, because of the disciples and other believers that are filled with the Holy Spirit and using those gifts. In the, in the church in Corinth, um, they're uh, meeting, and they're, a bunch of them are speaking in tongues all to, at the same time. Then some people would give an interpretation. Other people, uh, their speaking in tongues wouldn't be interpreted. So there is this confusion happening. So if you could imagine being in church, 
and how they did church in different ways, okay, they had men on one side, women on the other, and so uh, that was just the culture back then. And there were so many of the so many gifts being used; it was confusing to them. How do you uh, how do you decide which one's being interpreted and what's God uh, what's God speaking through them if they're not giving an interpretation or if five people are doing it at the same time? Could you imagine like? If I tried to preach while you're all singing worship and you're talking and you're doing your own little Bible studies, like you could be doing something very spiritual, um, but there would be so much confusion. And so Paul writes the letter uh, to the church in Corinth to give them structure. Um, it wasn't like a, a sexist thing that, oh, the women are talking too much in church. They need to be quiet. What was happening is that they were asking questions to their husbands of what's going on? What, what does this mean? What does that mean? And so he's saying, don't talk in church. Ask your husbands like later on, have this discussion of what's going on. And so he's really giving order. And I think uh, people have kind of read this letter to, to make it uh, to be, you know, bigger and, and worse than it really is. It's the Holy Spirit was moving in such a powerful way, not only in the, in the city of Corinth, but all across there. And so I would love it if uh, God would have allowed like more stories of how are the gifts being used. Um, but John writes at the end of his um, his gospel, like if we were to write everything that Jesus taught, every, all the miracles that took place, like there aren't even enough scrolls in the world uh, for it to cover, okay? So that's uh, why we don't see all of that um, written out. But I just wanted to point out that um, the church in Corinth is doing some amazing things, and Paul isn't um, ripping on them because they're doing wrong. He's trying to bring structure, and that's why we have these lists of gifts. So let's jump into it. Uh, we'll start with the gifts of revelation, and the first one is a word of wisdom. So words of wisdom, this gift is used in special occasions when a person or a group of people need divine guidance or they need divine response. In a difficult or dangerous situation, a word of wisdom may be given, which resolves a, a difficulty or silences opponents. When um, we see some instruction given to, um, uh, I think it's uh, Peter and John, when they're being uh, tried, when Jesus is being tried, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks through them, what they need to say for the people to kind of be stop their combative spirit and let them uh, let them go, not um, imprison them any longer. Um, some other examples: uh, when the Jews throw the woman who had been caught in adultery at Jesus' feet and ask him what he would do, uh, and he gives the response: "Let he who is without sin cast the first stone." That was a really strong argument. Uh, it wasn't endorsing her sin. It wasn't endorsing that she should be killed for her sin, okay? It was bringing the fact of we've all sinned and we all uh, uh, deserve that punishment. 
And so that word of wisdom uh, is also seen operating in the church in Acts chapter 15, where the church is debating the whole matter of the inclusion of non-Jews into the body of believers. James, the leader there uh, of that particular assembly, uh, speaks a word of wisdom. The second gift, the word of knowledge, um, when we're looking at it and we're trying to dissect, okay, what's a, the difference between a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge? Like, it's going to be a little hard to uh, completely understand, but this gift is uh, not about book knowledge or educational knowledge, but that of divine knowledge at the moment that it is needed. It's very closely related to wisdom, which makes it hard to differentiate. But in the early churches, it was so prevalent um, that they probably knew the difference when Paul would say, if you have a word of wisdom, if you have a word of knowledge, um, they probably knew the difference. In the simple form, the difference that I would say is that wisdom is a word given to a person concerning how to deal with a situation. Um, Knowledge is a word given to know exactly what is happening in the situation, if that makes sense. Um, I think I have time, just a quick, um, I don't have all of these gifts. I don't work under all, I don't, I'm not, uh, the Holy Spirit hasn't given me all of these gifts. I feel like uh, the word of knowledge uh, has been given to me a couple specific times. I would be praying for young people, and one time, uh, God just spoke in my head like, this kid has a major decision uh, that he has to make. You need to pray. Uh, he has to choose. Uh, I forget what all um, the Holy Spirit told me, but he has a major decision he has to make. And so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be wrong if I start praying about it. I don't know. So I asked the kid and I said, hey, I'm praying and I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me that you have a big decision. You have to make something with your family and uh, he just broke down and was like, yeah, next week um, I have to go to court and I have to choose which parent I'm going to um, have custody with, have be um, my guardian, basically. And so I was like, whoa. And so God drops little things like that. Um, I don't know the future. I don't know everything. It doesn't mean I don't have to ever study um, that God will just drop knowledge on me. Um, I can't make that moment happen, um, but it just felt like, man, when I was praying, another, there's another example of it happening in a, a totally different a person, and when I'm praying, I feel like this is um, what I need to direct my prayer for, and then that student confirmed it in a major way, so it built up my faith and uh, theirs as well. That's just an example uh, of what I believe the word of knowledge would help us to do. Uh, gifts for worship. These uh, last um, three or four um, have to do more in a worship service setting um, than on a personal uh, basis, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. A lot of these gifts, um, God uses your, God puts these gifts in you to be used in a personal manner. They're not all to be used only at 10.30 to noon on a Sunday morning, right? Uh, it's more uh, of a fact that God wants you to use these gifts on a daily basis uh, at your work, at your school, with your family, okay? But these next few 
uh, are more to do in a worship service setting. So speaking in tongues. This gift is used uh, two different ways, and we'll talk about that more next week as well with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and uh, speaking in tongues and what does that, uh, what's that for, how does that look. But just to give a brief um, about both ways, um, personally, speaking in tongues is used in our prayer language. Um, it can be a heavenly language that we don't know and nobody on earth knows. It can be an earthly language that people uh, would recognize and be able to um, interpret um, I've never seen someone speak in tongues that knew the language they were um, inspired to speak in. I have seen where um, they were next to someone that knew that language or they were in a foreign country when that, they were praying or worshiping in that. Um, if I have a moment, in just a moment, I'll tell you a cool story. But um, So in personally in prayer, we uh, can use the gift of tongues and in uh, we believe that, uh, that it is the initial physical evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we get that stance just because of looking in the Bible. And if there were a sign of how do we know if someone's been baptized in this Holy Spirit, um, the only sign that we can see is the speaking in tongues. Again, it's not a... Um, salvation. It's not that we're better than anybody else. It's just that when we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people are speaking in tongues. And I'll talk a little more, like I said, about speaking in tongues later. But um, there, are, um, there are books written on this topic. And yeah, sorry, I put on my notes that I'll preach more about it next Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. Um, personally, though, tongues are used in our prayer language. If you're praying just by yourself and you're speaking in tongues, that's happening when the Holy Spirit inspires us. When we, the Bible says, when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit uh, can pray through us and it's to edify or build up ourselves. And corporately, uh, in a service, a message in tongues has to be interpreted. So again, picture um, if you're in a service and someone's uh, speaking in tongues out loud, it kind of brings confusion if there's no way of knowing like what, what's, that, what's the interpretation of that. If you hear during worship, if you hear someone praying or worshiping in another language, they're praying in that tongue. If it's not loud enough for the you understand the, the difference? If I'm kneeling in prayer and speaking in tongues, it doesn't need to be, it's not vital to be interpreted. Rather, if I was pro vocalizing it more, like it was supposed to be to the whole group that I'm with, then that needs to be interpreted. Uh, two, two more things um, on this <clears throat> that I'll get into more later that um, sometimes uh, we have this weird thought of like, what's speaking? Of, do I have to speak in tongues? It's just like, it's just weird. I don't know what I'm saying. People around me don't know what I'm saying. Is God like taking over my body and I'm in this trance? No, 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 no. When we, uh, when I've prayed in tongues or, or spoke in tongues, I have the ability to stop. I have the ability to uh, not do it. Um, 
it's really, it's like uh, when you're talking and, you know, your mind is telling you what you're going to say next to complete your thought is kind of how I guess I would explain tongues, that when I'm praying, man, the Holy, I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit uh, to pray or speak through me. It's not uh, weird to me. It's, I'm in complete control. If I don't want to, uh, God's not going to say, no, you have to speak in tongues right now. He doesn't take us. He doesn't grab our tongue, okay? It's not weird. It's not crazy like that. Um, but there are weird people and crazy people that make it like that and make it bad, right? So I'm going to try to um, explain that a little more when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not crazy. This is a, a monumental moment. I've been using that word a lot because it's as powerful or more powerful than being water baptized. Man, when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, to overflow, man, he, the whole purpose is that we would tell others about Jesus. It's not to make me look like super Christian, okay? It's to tell others about Jesus, that you would use these gifts, Okay. The other really cool thing I have time to share is uh, I saw a testimony. It wasn't me. It wasn't anyone I know, but it, I think it was in a book or, or a video testimony that someone was talking about how tongues is used in services. And this person was in a worship service and with a group, you know, from church and they went to this uh, worship concert together. And so they're praying and they're worshiping and they're singing. And uh, this one person who didn't know the people around him, and he's praying, and he starts speaking in tongues. And, a, and another person next to him uh, is fluent in Russian. And this person goes to the leader, not to the person that's speaking in tongues. He goes to the leader and I said, and I didn't know James knew Russian. Like, I speak Russian. I, if you would have told me, like, we could have had fun talking to one another in, in Russian. And the guy says that he, he doesn't know Russian. I don't know uh, why you think that. And like, no, in worship, when we were singing these songs, he was worshiping in Russian. And he was saying, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, he was, um, and he gave, like, the different words that he was using in Russian. And it was, he was worshiping the Lord in Russian. And so this guy wasn't satisfied uh, with that leader's response. He went to a couple other people and said, man, I can't, I didn't know you. Why didn't you tell me that Jim uh, speaks in Russian? He's very fluent. And they're like, no, he's not. He doesn't know Russian. And he was praising, he was speaking in tongues. It was the Russian language. And the, the person that knew Russian and was fluent was saying, this guy is speaking like he spoke Russian for his whole life. And just a powerful, like, and I'm getting the Holy Spirit bumps, chills, uh, talking about it. I had a, um, uh, an uncle that was a missionary in, um, in Colombia, and he, would, he told a story uh, like that as well, that the people there uh, were on a missions trip, and they spoke in tongues, and it was uh, the Spanish, and I don't know the story as well as I knew the other one. I didn't know the other one real well either, but it's powerful because uh, those languages can be earthly languages. And when that happens, man, you, could you imagine the faith of the person that is hearing that? And you're like, how does this person know Russian? This is wild, right? It'd be like if, um, 
I don't know. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if someone that you knew doesn't know English and they, they showed up and were worshiping God in, in fluent English? And you're like, how did you learn English already? Like, I don't know. No English, right? <laughs> so it's powerful. It's powerful. So we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks of uh, how the Holy Spirit's powerful in our life and speaking in tongues. So the next gift is the interpretation of tongues. It's self-explanatory. Um, it interprets what was spoken in tongues. So um, corporately, uh, it is uh, the interpretation of tongues is uh, most of the time it's a prayer or a praise to God that the person is uh, speaking out. Um, it could be a word uh, from God to the congregation. It could be uh, the Holy Spirit speaking through the person in praise to God. Um, this gift is vital, and we must pray for the interpretation when a message in tongues is given out loud for the whole group to hear. Okay? Uh, if there, I've been in services where a gift, you know, someone spoke out in tongues and there wasn't an immediate interpretation. We, have, we can't move on in the service without an interpretation. So we've paused and we've prayed and there we've given instruction of you might be feeling at the moment like God telling you something to speak out. You need to speak it out. That's the interpretation of these tongues, okay? It's vital. It's a vital ministry um, to confirm what has taken place in the speaking of the tongues. There needs to be an interpretation of it. And it's um, well, I'll mention that in a moment. The next gift is the gift of prophecy. Uh, if you remember, we talked about it uh, earlier in the list of gifts, but uh, prophecy in a church service uh, type of setting. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, you can get a sense of the importance that Paul places on this gift. Okay? Um, we like to say not all, there's not one, that's, one gift that's more important than the rest. Um, to Paul, some people would take that he would say prophecy is the most important gift. Um, not that the rest are least less important. I think what Paul uh, is emphasizing when he continues to talk about uh, the importance of prophecy is that it's used uh, to build up the believer. It's used to speak and help to convert unbelievers, okay? Um, he says uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, for one who prophesies speaks for edification and exhortation and consolation. Prophecy is a supernatural communication designed primarily to help believers in their Christian walk. Prophecies uh, may be instrumental in the conversion of a believer, um, in addition to its primary function of serving the needs of the congregation. In this day and age, prophets, when we talk about someone who prophesies, they predict a future event. God can uh, certainly use that. He can uh, do that. He can speak to someone. I, I don't doubt anything that God could do. Um, but the gift of prophecy isn't so much that. It's used uh, to speak an encouragement to uh, an individual or a group of uh, what they should do to encourage them if they're struggling with something, how they can overcome it. Um, I've seen so many times what I would see in this gift is God gives you a word. Sometimes we say that in the church world. Um, 
man, God just gave me a word about you. Uh, it could be maybe they're talking about a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, a word of prophecy. Um, if, if we could put it into our language today, okay? I love it when people do that. They're encouraging one another. Um, they're not going to the person and saying, I'm better than you and God spoke to me instead of speaking to you. Most of the time, when I've seen the gift of prophecy used, God has already spoken to the person and you're coming along, God's saying, you need to go and speak to Bob and tell him this. Man, I'm with you. God sees you in this moment. Whatever the word could be, um, Bob is going to be sitting there and I've never seen a person say, whoa, no, don't tell me what God has placed on your heart. Please don't share that with me, okay? A lot of times we get afraid of like, man, I feel like God gave me this word uh, to speak to someone, but I'm just, uh, they're probably going to think I'm crazy. It's probably not going to be for them. They're probably not going to receive. What are they going to say if I tell them that? Man, 110% of the time, the person needs to hear that message. It's going to confirm something in their heart. Maybe they've even prayed for that. Uh, man, I, I hear you, God. I know I'm supposed to you know, quit my job and become a missionary. But that's a big step. I need some confirmation here. And God will bring a person into their life. Like, hey, you need to tell Bob that you know, you're with him no matter what happens. Man, God's going to provide for you. God's going to help you. If he's called you to do this, man, you, he's going to be, and whatever the word may be. So that's, that's happened in another um, person's life in, in a church uh, in my past. But powerful things like that. The, um, the gift of prophecy Again, it's not uh, that it's more important than any other. It's just used more to build and to edify, uh, to lift up people, um, to help them. Uh, I, I don't know if we could uh, raise your hand if you've ever had someone come to you and say something and they started with, I don't know why, I feel like God wants me to tell you this. And you raise your hand if that's happened to you and God's used someone to encourage you, okay? It happens often. It's, it happens a lot. Um, just in our prayer service a couple months ago, um, um, Marina, I don't think she'd mind me using her name, but she said, man, I feel like I'm supposed to tell this person uh, this verse and I was really scared to do it. I'm not sure uh, how they would react. But man, God, she stepped out, spoke to that person. It's exactly what that person uh, needed. It encouraged them. It built them up. And so if you feel like God is speaking to you um, and it's lining up with the word of God, like you're not going to tell them to do something that's against the word of God, that, that would be the time that it's not uh, from the Lord. Um, speak it to them. It's going to encourage them. It's most likely going to confirm something in them that God has been uh, trying to teach them about. The last gift is that of distinguishing of spirits. Uh, this gift following the gift of prophecy shows the importance of its relation. God gives this gift to people to know whether the message of the prophet was truly from God. Uh, later in chapter 14, Paul says that the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets, okay? 
meaning uh, we need to test and we need to discern uh, the spirit uh, of, this, of this prophecy or any, any of the gifts. And the gift of distinguishing spirits uh, in addition to uh, just with the, with the prophecies, but with all, anyone that's teaching, anyone that stands before you uh, on this stage behind a pulpit like this, you need to be feeling out. Is, is what this person's saying accurate to the Bible? Uh, and if you have this gift of distinguishing spirits, you can uh, sense when something's off, right? A lot of times... Um, Though what this is referring to is uh, the gift of prophecy. So if someone were to stand up in the church and uh, speak something, um, there's those with that gift uh, that, would, that would click in their mind like, ooh, that was a little bit off, okay? I had a guy uh, at Bible college um, that uh, we had, I'm a night person. I don't like waking up before noon. No, just kidding. Um, but before 8 o'clock is really uh, early to me. Um, but especially the case in Bible college. You stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning, and man, I had all the energy, but 6 o'clock in the morning, oh, no energy. And he really wanted uh, to have a Bible study and a prayer time uh, with, the, with other guys at 6 o'clock in the morning. We were doing a Bible study at, 11, at curfew, which was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. We would do a Bible study. We would do prayer time then, and it would be powerful. But he really thought that God is uh, calling all of us to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and do this Bible study with him. I know that a lot of you probably get up early and do that, and that's awesome. I'm not saying that God wasn't speaking to him. Um, I think God was speaking directly to him and wanting him to get up early. And he's trying to route. So this goes on for weeks. And you need to get up with me. Why, why weren't you up at 6 a.m.? Like, man. And one day in chapel. So there's a couple hundred students and we're worshiping and we're praising God. And, and the Holy Spirit's moving in a powerful way. And he's down at the altar. Um, I like to sit in the back. And uh, he starts speaking out. Oh, the Lord your God tells you to get up at 6 o'clock every morning and you need to pray with. And I immediately was like, no, no, <laughs> that's not from the Lord. That's from you, okay? And so uh, times like that where it could be an obvious thing, it's not always that obvious that it's from uh, the person's human spirit, not the Holy Spirit, Okay? There, again, there's nothing wrong with waking up at 6 a.m., but the Holy Spirit, God, had not challenged me uh, to do that. Okay? <laughs> so I just wanted to give you a few examples throughout our, our talk today, um, but I want to encourage you uh, to use the gifts. Discover the gifts in your life and use them. Use them. Too often, uh, because we don't know what they are, we don't know how we're supposed to use them. We just kind of uh, become stagnant in our Christian faith and just, man, we're, we're fine like this. I don't want to be, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to do things wrong. If I speak out and what if I say something wrong or if, man, what if I'm speaking in tongues and I, what if I can't control, what if I can't stop it? What if I, um, any of these gifts? What if I have a word of wisdom, but then the thing fails? And what, you know, what if it's wrong? What if my wisdom is wrong? Okay, use your gifts 
It's better to use them uh, than, and, and have a time of correction and instruction and developing those gifts than uh, to not use them and to fear and uh, to, to kind of lay back and, and I, I don't want to uh, use the Holy Spirit in my life because it could be crazy and I could be wrong, right? Uh, I want to encourage you guys as we um, go forward, man, uh, figure out, find what, what gifts you have. The whole, Paul encouraged the people to desire the gifts. If there's a gift that you think, man, it would be really cool if I was praying one day and God told me exactly what I needed to pray for that person. Pray that and say, God, would you help me to have the word of knowledge or word of wisdom? Paul tells us to desire those gifts. So uh, would you stand with us and we'll close. Worship team, would you come? My encouragement in all of this, uh, and, and next week when we talk about, you know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, what's it for? It, my, incur- my, my purpose in all of that is that there is so much more uh, to our Christian faith than just coming to church and um, being nice to people, okay? No matter where you're at in your walk, we, we baptized uh, Josie, I'm not sure how old she is, seven to eight years old, and Ted, I don't know exactly how old he is, but in his 30s, right? They're in a lot, of, they're in a wide range, right? And their Christian walk is in a, in, a, in a wide range, okay? And all of you here, you're in different spots in your relationship with God. But the, the most common thing is that all of us, can we, we desire more of God, we can do more uh, for him and we can be stronger in our walk. And so as we close with this song, that's what we want to have as our prayer today, that we want more of you, Holy Spirit. We need more of you. We need you. So Heavenly Father, God, as we close in this worship song, God, set a fire in our hearts. God, that uh, we probably have somewhat of a flame in there. Maybe we're on fire for you. Well, there's always more. And so I just pray today and this coming week and the future weeks, God, that you would just give us more of you, that we would draw closer to you, that we'd be stronger in you, God, that you would use us to reach our friends, our coworkers. God, that your Holy Spirit would just be poured out Um, through these gifts that it would build us up it would build up others lord and so we desire that today would you sing with us uh this closing song and father god is pray a blessing over your people as we leave this week would you go with us help us to grow closer to you that man when we spend time in prayer reading your word holy spirit would you speak to us move us further forward uh, towards you, God, that we would be stronger and, and um, using our gifts more, bring people into our life uh, that we could speak into and share uh, your love with them. Uh, we just pray a blessing uh, as we go from this place. Go with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.